Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Now for the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis here on a Wednesday, the phone lines, they are open, 8150 We'll get to Steve here uh, in just a second. And if you want to follow him again, 8150 for the UPS Jobs uh, text line. If you want to hit us up that way, welcome to interact with you guys uh, throughout the show. It's just Spencer and I, so sound off. I am sure, look, we've gotten to the end now. This is it. We've had a full season of Kenny Payne as the Louisville head coach, and it was terrible. It was bad. From start to finish, from Lenoir Rhine to Boston College, it was bad, uh, and it was bad all the way through. And it really didn't feel like it particularly moved or progressed very much along a path. And I think that's probably the most worrisome part is that it just sort of seemed to be what it was all year long. The most obvious uh, explanation given by people who are not interested in it being sort of laid at the feet of coaches is that the roster uh, was was uncoachable and that these guys uh, – Got to go, and that Kenny's going to restock it with. And Kel, Kenny himself has said that. Going to start bringing in guys that you guys are used to seeing around here. Well, okay, good. That needs to happen. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we aren't going to take stock of what happened this year and try to assess who's responsible for what. Uh, I will, full disclosure here for anybody listening, I'm not interested in anybody who thinks that he has no responsibility for this season. Not gonna. I'm not listening to that. You're a coach, you paid a lot, and there have been people I think who've just been dismissive of any questions about what anything that he's done. Uh, you are just as ridiculous as people who've wanted him fired from day one. You're just ridiculous in the other direction. And here's here's a really good example of of how those that mindset works. Both Josh Jameson and. Uh, Nolan Smith appeared on the coach's television show uh, with with Kendrick Haskins. Both of them were wearing Nike shoes at least once when they did it. And you can see it. It's on TV. It's there. Louisville's an Adidas school. It's not a Nike school. It's been a point of contention for 15 years or whatever here. Uh, now, with and there were people who were like, fire everybody for this. Get rid of him. This is a fire him for cause. It's ridiculous. And then there were people who said, you're ridiculous. This is nothing. This doesn't matter. He, uh, Nolan's just used to putting on Nikes or whatever. 
both of those people are wrong. They're and they're equally wrong. It wasn't nothing. It's not why they're four and twenty-eight. But it wasn't nothing. And I was particularly surprised at the number of people who tried to dismiss that as just like nothing, as something that didn't matter, that it wasn't worth talking about, that it was some sort of indication that fans had lost their minds. No, it's it's really not. It's not why they're losing games. It's not the end of the world. It's not that big of a deal. It's really not. But it is sort of the sort of thing that you notice when things aren't going well as there's an attention to detail, there is an obsession with getting every single little thing right from sunup to sundown that I am afraid they don't have. They seem like um, big picture people, not maniacally focused on every single little detail kinds of people. And we're used to the latter. We're used to that around here. And I'm not convinced that you win championships, which is the goal here, any other way than that. And it, it, more than it, it's an unnecessary thing. Like, it's a, it's a sloppy mistake. I don't think there's evil intent or anything like that. I don't think there's anything malevolent about it. But Tim Sullivan asked Josh Hurd about it, and Josh Hurd said, it's been addressed. So if you were someone who just dismissed that as something that did not matter at all, that's, you're wrong. It's not worth firing anybody over. It's more of a, come on, smarten up. That's it. But it wasn't nothing. And both sort of battle lines get drawn up here and we just scream and shoot at each other from, from these trenches over this. We let, let's have some things that are in the middle that the coaches are responsible for, that they should have done better or different. And not that we have to fire them to the moon for it, but just let there be things that they should have done otherwise. The sooner we can do that, I think the more people will hope that there's some reason for this uh, to be able to be fixed. 81-50-93-9. Let's start things off here with Steve. Steve, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into The Drive on I turn the ball. What's up? Hey, Mark. Thanks. Hey, As always for the show. Thank you. Uh, level-headed analysis, man. It's it's great to, to be able to talk about this stuff and have actual discourse, which which you lead. So I try. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, what's the old saying that uh, – Success has many fathers mm. and failures and orphan. Uh, you know, well, this this ugly baby's got a got a bunch of parents, man. And, it's, and Kenny owes some child support. I think we all got to come clean with that. That he definitely has responsibility. You said it earlier in the show. I think a lot of the screw ups were so early in the process, roster construction or misjudging what he thought he would get out of these guys or treating them with kid gloves because he thought they were damaged or needed to be loved up, which is something we're all sick of as fans over the last couple of years. But I think that – so really I, I find it hard to even judge his acumen in coaching because the screw-ups were so off the floor. Um, you know, so I'm willing – I'm bought in for another season. I want the, the roster to get built up. You know, I, I want them to – Sell the tape. You know, I think when he talked about building a culture that, that everybody kind of makes fun of, I think it was about putting stuff on tape or certain things on tape that you can go into a kid's house and be like, look, that's you. This guy stinks. Yeah. Or this guy can't dribble. or this, guy, But this is you. Look at the spacing. Look at, you know, uh, and I think that's, I think, and then, well, hope 
is that, that that's what that is. But, uh, you know, that's where we're at with it. And, you know, and poor Josh Jameson wore those grass cutters into that, <laughs> into the coach's show. Like, you know, I, I get that, that we want that attention to detail and everything, but, you know, uh, winning is the cure, man, and that's what fixes all of this. And then we start to feel better about everybody else. But there's a lot of people that have drawn lines that uh, when when they high-five and, and drink a beer at the Yum, it's going to be awkward if we start winning again, man. And that's to be weird for some of these folks. They've, they've really cast their lot, you know, to one side or another, and especially the the side that thinks he's in over his head or that we should get rid of him. So. Uh, and I just hope it all works out. I want the guy to succeed. I think the vast majority of fans do. And, uh, you know, be rah-rah this offseason, man. Close the deal out of some of these big timers and get, get some bodies in here and get excited. Appreciate it, man. Thank Appreciate you. it, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, he does, Steve does bring up a, a point about lines being drawn uh, and declarations being made by some fans. There are... Here's a good example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> Chris and Steve Walls. Steve does sound like Jeff Walls every time. It's so true. Uh, That's why we love when he calls in. Every time. There are some fans who are actively now root against good news. And I'm not saying you've been that all year or anyone that's critical is any of that. But there are some fans now who have reached the place where even good news is met with derision. And here's a good example. There's, I think there's reason right now to think that one of those players that might be added to the Louisville roster soon or that might commit to Louisville soon and that would be a really big piece to build around in the future is Trenton Flowers. That is a five, like that is an unapologetic, unequivocal, that would be a recruiting win. And there's even possibilities, for instance, that uh, – that he might reclassify. I know that Travis Branham is talking about that, and if so, on this roster, like that would be amazing. That would be a tremendous, unquestioned recruiting win. The number of people who respond to you know reports of that online with basically like, why would he want to come here? Why would you ever want that guy to come here? He must not be that smart if he wants to come here. That's an asinine response if you're a fan. I do not understand that attitude. You are more – that is an awesome player wanting to come to Louisville. Full stop. What are you doing? And that's why Donovan Mitchell, I think, called out some people last night. I mean, I think it was a little bit aggressive with Donovan's take there. But, I mean, like you said, there are some fans who just like, why would you come here? And I, but like those people, like if, what if there is an offseason in which like, like they just kill it in the portal and tra- like that sort of thing. Like if that happens, I would hate to be in a position where like I can't be happy about that. And I just there are some folks who seems to have just drawn this line like it doesn't matter what happens I'm not gonna be happy about it and I'm even going to actively there was somebody I don't know who the person is so I'm not interested in like calling that single person out but you know there, there was a, a kid that was gonna visit and this basically this some Louisville fan on Twitter is like what are you doing why do you want to visit here this place is a disaster that's ridiculous why would you ever do that why are you trying to tank your own program that you but that, support the, like, and that's not that. the majority of fans it's not even a tiny minority they're just out there but they're very vocal though they are they do they it's like let there be some good news because you know what it sounds like honestly when people do that you're very insecure that this thing might get turned around like that's what it sounds like oh Ethan and I were talking last night it's like we would love for Kenny Payne to turn this around and have a great season to where we kind of look like idiots for saying this team's going to be terrible next year we would love to be wrong because we want Louisville to be successful. I just, as of now, I don't see anything that indicates that next year will be a good year. And I hope I'm wrong on that. 
Well, it's his job to sort of give you that, to give you those talking points. But, you, I mean, I do think that there are some folks who have been so mad and so dug in on this that, like, when if, if anything gets turned around at all, it, there are going to be others who will be like, what are you happy about? You know, what do you, why are you, you can't, you can't I mean, we dealt with this enjoy with Satterfield this. too, is I was like, oh, he can't do anything right. It's like we're two and three, lost to BC. <laughs> then they win, what, four straight and everyone's yeah. buying back in most, mostly. Well, there are p- folks, it seems like, who are far more invested in being right about like their early prediction than anything else. Me, I just always assume I'm wrong, so I don't really have the same exactly. <laughs> skin in the game in that regard. Uh, let's get uh, Damien in here next. Damien, welcome into The Drive on I Thunder What's up? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, it's been a while since I've called, yeah. and I've I've had a time to kind of reevaluate everything. You know, I I'm I'm mad, but I'm kind of apathetic because I feel like that this is this has been a disaster. This, mm-hmm. this is no way this thing. This has been a disastrous of a season. But I'm also kind of feeling like I I feel like apathy has kind of creeped into me, and I feel like that. You know, I'm kind of like, okay, we'll get these players, but I'm also thinking in the back of my mind, well, look at the coach we have. And I'm just, and Kenny is the one that has put a lot of this, uh, this toxicity out there. And last night's press conference really did not help matters. I mean, he should have just been like, you know what, I didn't do good this year. I'm going to evaluate things and then just take it from there instead of being incredulous that a reporter would dare to ask, you know, if, if there's anything you want to change. And I think a lot of people are just tired of the whole philosopher king crap that he's saying with all, like, we need to love on them and do this and do that. And it's just, it's just, a, it's just a really sad situation, like you said. you got all these sides that are now lined up snipping at each other and sniping at each other and making declarations. And, you know, that I, I used to be optimistic and happy about hearing basketball names and recruits. But I'm also thinking, okay, you get Dennis Evans, you get this guy, you get that guy. Let's say you get Scott Clark in here. Let's say Trenton Flowers reclassifies. Let's say you get the guy out of Western Kentucky, McKnight, to transfer here. I mean, okay, yeah, on paper that's a better team, but – we still have the same coaching staff. And I think Kenny needs to really, like you said, he needs to message this to the fan base. And he's not doing this. And you cannot keep doing business as usual. Because I tell you what, if we start off, God forbid, 1-2, and 0-3, oh or 1-4, and four or, or something like that, then that's going to be a lot of people are just going to be like, you know what, it's just, it's just, this is just not going to work. He needs to unequivocally either prove that he's a good coach and take us to the tournament and win some games in the tournament, or he needs to prove that he is not the person that we need at this position and we need to go ahead and just start all over again. That's all my thoughts, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. It's good to talking to you all today. Have a good day. Appreciate it uh, there, Damien. Thank you. Yeah, look, in terms of the the thought process where it's like, hey, look, here's a good player, uh, and why would he want to come here because he's going to play for this coach? I mean, I still want good players here. Like, even if you're right, like, I'll just grant you for just a second here uh, that that Kenny's just a clueless coach, and that these the assistant coaches are just Keystone cops, can't do a thing. I would much rather those guys have a roster of really talented players to muck up uh, than what they dealt with this year. I, there's just no reason why I would ever look at a Trenton Flowers or Dennis Evans or anybody else that they might be getting involved in and be like, ah, I don't want them to come here because the coaches aren't any, Get out of here. 
Like, no, I want those guys here. I want them here. Like, what's the downside? It's like, oh, we have a five-star player who, oh, if they, like, hypothetically, let's say they bust and they're just not any good. It's like, well, we had a five-star player that Kenny Payne has shown he can get. But well, now, I, the development side of things, that can be criticized on Kenny and the staff. The thing, like, for me, if anything, I hope they kill it this offseason because I want Louisville to win. Look, it, it's better for business when Louisville's really good for our business. Yes, lots of calls and texts are nice. But you know what we really like? To try to reach out to a sponsor to want to sponsor a bracket challenge where Louisville's a two seed. And we can envision them going to the uh, the Final Four or something like that. Like It's better for us if Louisville's good. So if you ever see anybody who be like, you guys probably love this sort of thing, or that we try to like stoke or foment this uh, level of dissatisfaction with the coaches because it's good for the It is not. It's not good for us. This is not what we prefer. It's this job is much better and more lucrative for everyone uh, when when Louisville's pretty good in basketball. So we we're not enjoying this at all. Trust me. Uh, none of like we didn't send anyone to to Greensboro. It shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't think twice about sending somebody, you know, to Greensboro. But we didn't for this one. I wouldn't no volunteer. I wouldn't volunteer. Well, right. I wouldn't volunteer to go to Greensboro anyway. But. And I'm not a big fan of Greensboro like at all, and I'm not a you snob about go cities. Down there for the ACC football? Typically, yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I mean, in the summer, I like to do it just because to break it up. But for the ACC tournament, I wouldn't go. Like it's it's better for all of us if they're good. Uh, I mean, how many times this year did people say I didn't know what there was a game on? Which if they didn't know there was a game on, they're not watching on TV. They're not listening to the radio when the game's true. on. So like obviously, it is better when the team is successful because you're tuned in to see what us have to say about the team, and also you listen to the game with Paul Rogers. But for me, and the texture just said this, and this is exactly where I was getting to, I want I want the best players. Like I want them to have an amazing offseason where they get flowers and he reclassifies and they get Evans and this, you know, the McKnight kid from uh, from Western and and there are there are no questions next year so that we get clarity. You nail it. This roster is the roster you want. Nobody's playing and no one's playing where they play because they have to. This is your roster. And it's constructed this way, and then the results are his. And if they're good, well, then we're going to have to look back and be like, maybe those guys were a problem. The roster last year, and that by with this gigantic turnover, look how it's gone. And if they're bad, well, then they're the constant, and we'll know exactly what the next step is, and it'll be obvious uh, to everybody. So, you're not going to find me sort of hoping uh, that various players don't come here. I want clarity next year, and I want Louisville to be good sooner. Rather than later, let's get uh, Reggie in here next. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three-nine is the number. Reggie, welcome into the drive. What's up? Hey, how y'all doing today? Hey, buddy. I understand everybody. I understand everybody's mad. You know, some people don't want Kenny to be the coach, but when you're telling recruits not to come here, man, you damaging the brand. Yeah. It ain't just you're not hurting Kenny. You hurting Louisville. So for you to you know tweet at recruits and tell them not to come here and all that, you you're the problem. You're the problem. I understand this year has been horrible. Don't don't get me wrong. I've been sick to my gut. I can't I can't talk good about more. I don't even want trash talk Kentucky fans because he's been so trash. But telling recruits not to come here now, I would never do that. I don't care who the coach was. Even if I didn't like the coach, I would never do that. Why would you want to hurt Louisville's brand? And you know, like you said, I hope I hope Kenny does kill it. I hope we don't don't get a bunch of five stars. I hope we are in the tournament next year. Like I just want Louisville basketball to be back. That's all I want. That's all everybody wants. 
So, uh, man, I just hope everything goes well, man. He goes out there and does what he's supposed to do. And if he doesn't, then, hey, it's another coach we can go look for. Have a good day, fellas. Appreciate it, uh, Reggie. Uh, and look, I don't disagree. You're part of the problem. That's the only thing I will add. I saw a number of people in one way or another say things like, look, I think uh, Donovan Mitchell's tweets last night even sort of made reference to like, why would recruits want to come to things like that. The biggest hindrance to recruits is the fact they went 4-28. and 28. That's the biggest problem. But that problem is plenty big enough all on its own. I don't need to make it any bigger. I don't need to make it any worse. And I would I was just surprised at the number of people both just refusing to accept the fact that somebody good might come here or trying to actively head it off. We we can do better than that, can't we? But I tell you like the, the he set everyone off last night, Kenny did, with with post game comments at the presser, especially in, in reaction or in answer to the questions from Brooks. We got those uh, handy there. Uh we already played it. I'll play it again. Uh there was the question first about staff uh, and if he had considered any staff changes. Let's play that again. Kenny, so you said you're going to take some time, you know, to think about, you know, just um, how to move forward here. Um, when you think about two days, some days, okay. Two days. Two days, okay. Um, when you think about, you know, you know, and the coaches on your staff, um, how do you go about uh, talking to them about, you know, um, you know, uh, taking stock in how they did this year and coaching with you and, you know, you know, just uh, building that staff and uh, continuing to you know, move forward. Still don't understand the question, but I can tell you I have one of the best staffs in college basketball. I can tell you that there are unique individuals that have had so much success in this game. I can't believe you just asked that question um, because you're looking at guys that have accomplished more in their life as players, forget coaching. Their experience in life is why I hired them. They are great coaches, and they gave these kids love every day. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't even understand the question. Like, how? what is there to evaluate? I asked them to love the young men. That's why I hired them, to adopt their dreams. That's why I hired them. Um, nothing else. They did their jobs. They did a great job. I love my staff. I'll just say up front, I do not, and none of you should have expected for Kenny to sit at a post-game press conference and unload on his assistant coaches. That was That's never going to happen. And so anyone who expected him to answer uh, with, with some sort of criticism of, you know, or, or, yeah, of course there's going to be staff turnover or yeah, these bastards didn't do nothing for me this year or anything like you, you weren't, you were never going to get that. You know it. I know it. Everyone uh, knows it. Chris Mack actually fired two assistant coaches last year. We never heard a criticism of the assistant uh, coaches from him uh, a year ago. You're never going to get that. And that's right. A coach should not publicly do that sort of thing. Uh, because they're probably going to be in the market for other assistant coaches at some point in the future. And the whole reason that you treat them well publicly and uh, help them save face, and and even if you have to make a move, that you do it, for instance, better than Chris Mack did a year ago, uh, so that you don't dry up your potential assistant coaching pool in the future like Bobby Petrino did, where he basically can only friends and family and things like that. Like that, There's a reason that you do all of that. So he was never going to sit up there and just crush his assistant coaches. 
it's a gigantic blunder to say I can't believe you're even asking that. McKinney, that's that is an enormous mistake. You're a very well paid, older than me man who's been in major basketball as a player and a coach for decades, and you just went four and twenty eight. You had to know. You should have known. You did know. You're gonna get asked questions like this at the end of the year. And asking what your discussions are with your staff or your thoughts about staff after a year in which you go four and twenty-eight is completely normal. Brooks did his job. That was Brooks holding from the from the career. Brooks says there's nothing wrong with him asking that question. None. It's the same thing we would have asked Chris Mack. Same things we the same sorts of things we did ask Scott Satterfield at times. Uh, about changing coaches or changing coordinators and that sort of like it's a it's a completely normal thing and it's completely reasonable for people to expect something's going to change i mean louisville just missed the tournament mac panicked and fired two guys that had been with him from the beginning or two guys he'd known for forever it's totally normal totally reasonable it's one of the things that that coaches do on a regular basis in just about every sport is make assistant coaching changes and he didn't have to tell us he was going to do that right there. He didn't he didn't have to do anything other than give either a nothing burger answer or just state I'm not really there in my mind yet. I really thought we would win tonight. Like I can think of 10 different answers that don't make things worse for Kenny than the one that he gave. Do you have a problem with the great staff comment just given how the season turns out? Cuz I get if you're Kenny, you love your staff cuz you assembled the staff. But also saying one of the best staffs in the country, when we can all tell, that's unequivocally not one of the best staffs in the country. Well, they might be, but they didn't give us any reason this year to think that. I totally, uh, I you know, I think you've got to be careful when you're expressing like your own sort of personal faith or confidence in somebody. In that, like, it can very easily turn into your gaslighting. I don't know what else to say uh, th- than that. I don't mind. I have no issue, and it doesn't matter if I have an issue or not, I have no issue with him having faith in his staff. I mean, he did hire them. No problem at all with him expressing that. But, you, he, I mean, you could have answered that with, listen, that's, can we just, uh, the game just ended, I'm not focusing on sort of off-season things, I'm take a couple days, we'll, have, we'll, we'll deal with that, you know, when, when it's the proper time, but some of these guys just played their last game at Louisville, whatever. Could have said, I t- you know I look when you go when you have a year like we did, everything's on the table. We'll make our evaluations and our decisions going forward. Like he, he could have said, you know, I really do have faith in our guys. I, I, I hope fans will stick with us. Uh, been through a lot, but I think you're going to see here why I believe in these guys. Like there's a million things he could have said that are so much better than that. And to be outraged that he got asked about it, like this is the job. This Brooks did his job. And you all are wondering if he's considering making staff changes after this year, and you're hoping that he does at some level. Because it's certain, like, there was nothing about this year that made you feel like, let's run it back. Or more of this. We can build on that. No, you, you want to, look, made some mistakes. Can make some changes this way. Like, there are a million ways that that could have gone. Uh, and then I think what scares me the most is, what they were as players doesn't matter to me at all. 
I realize that it can give some credibility at times. Mike Krzyzewski was an all right guard at Army. Doesn't matter. And, and, and Patrick Ewing was a really good player. Like a really good player. Like I know in the NBA, it's like a trend where role players tend to make better coaches than the stars do. Because, you know, they know what it's like to be on the bench. They know what it's like to be in the meetings. And they're not the ones getting the glamour. But either way, football player or not, it shouldn't matter what – I mean, yeah, you get credence, you can go to the recruit and say, hey, I know what you're going through because I was in your shoes 20, 30 years ago. But at the end of the day, just win the games. That's all that should matter. Them as players doesn't matter. There are great players who are bad coaches. There are great coaches who weren't players at all. Like, the, like that's it's it's a non sequitur. It's not relevant. I realize that you know it's part of their sort of the resumes and, and that sort of thing. But like it just to be outraged that anyone would wonder if that's even possible uh, is silly. Like, do you think the recruits are going around watching Kenny Payne, Danny Manning, Nolan Smith films? Like, oh, these guys. Let me see what they look like as players before making a decision. No. No, but I, I think having like I, it's not a bad thing that they were good former players, but I, I think so. Just this whole thing where it's like these things matter more than just like what the team looks like when they play. Like last time I checked, that's still the best indicator of how you are as a coach is the people that you coach is how they play. Yeah. And the, the other, the last thing I'll say about that clip before we take a break. We used to make these jokes about Scott all the time, about how he would just constantly sort of talk about loving the players, going to love them up. And the weird thing was, like, he said that a lot that first offseason, and then they were a lot better right away. And so it works. It worked. When you're not winning, like, when I'm listening to that, part of me, I understand what he's getting at, but part of me listens to that and is like, I don't care about loving them i want them to win and get better like he like his the comment that he made there was like i asked them to love these guys and they did well i thought you were the basketball coach like there are lots and lots and lots of successful basketball coaches who don't love any of these freaking guys you can go zero to Bob Knight here if we wanted to. It's well, like so that guy was an a-hole to everyone and didn't care. He just won games. And that's all that Indiana cared about back then. They're basketball players. You know what's really loving to basketball players? Coaching them to be really good basketball players. Like, here's the th- something that worries me about some of some of his rhetoric. Sometimes it comes right from Cal, and if there's any way to talk about what Cal's done at Kentucky. It's that he has tried to constantly frame winning as like a byproduct of aiming at something else. What I'm really trying to do is have the best night of the program be draft night. Or uh, we've we ended generational poverty. Remember when he used to say that? Uh, or things like that. Like I convince these guys that they can chase their NBA dreams and being millionaires and all this stuff and then we'll win kind of as a byproduct of that. I don't think there's any appetite for hearing any of that stuff when you're not winning. That's the sort of thing you can say on the reg, all no problem, when you're winning games and winning like crazy. But when you're not winning games, I 
kind of don't want to hear any assistance like about like I hired these guys to love the kids and they did their job. Well, I love winning. It's like when Luke says, like, you know what's fun? Winning is fun. I'm like, love these guys? Well, they didn't love you back. And I just think like the sooner we get past these sort of platitude stuff, the better. We'll take a quick break here. Uh, we'll come back. We'll keep the phone lines open here from you guys. Some more of his comments uh, after the game here as well on the drive on the Ville. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis here on a Wednesday. Louisville's men's basketball season over uh, after last night's loss to Boston College, which I, again, I mentioned this for some reason. I've had it in my head that they play Georgia Tech like all day. I've done it like five different times. I've made some just because a passenger. I just don't, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, game's on right here. That's in what the it studio. is. Yeah. We might be seeing the end of passenger's time in Georgia Tech too. I don't know. They're they are about to go down here to Pitt and their uh, ACC tournament life in this season going to be over uh, with a with a loss here. They, they look toe to toe with Pitt, no question. Uh, but uh, going to go down here, Pitt about to uh, advance to the semifinals there. No, quarterfinals, right? Yeah, be yeah quarterfinals uh, in the ACC tournament. Earlier, Wake Forest beat Syracuse to end Syracuse's season. Jim Beheim after the game, uh, unusually reflective and not prickly. I don't know how it's the best way I can describe him uh, after the game. Uh, very much talked about uh, in, in big picture terms about how much he's enjoyed being the coach he's thankful for you know it just sounded like a guy in, in a reflective place you know in his life and i think a number of people who cover the team and cover him on a regular basis have said sounded like a man who knows it's over and this is a guy who a month ago was like i'll be back next year you can write that down it's not up to him you yeah. know it's ultimately it's not his call uh much the same way that tom came in and was like you know we got to make a move. We got to make a change. It was going to be deeply unpopular, and obviously, we still kind of feel uh, forcing a move on uh, from Denny, even if that was the right thing to do. And Syracuse, I mean, it's going to be—it's ballsy. There's Syracuse fans who don't know anything else. He's That's been right. Forty-seven years. Absolutely. They don't know anything else besides Jim Beheim. I don't. Can you name anyone else who's coached there? I know Rick Pitino's an assistant. That's about the extent. That's it. Of that. Right. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you can't. He's what matters. He's the only thing that matters. And in Syracuse's history, Jim Beheim is all that matters. That's it. Nothing else matters. So look, Maybe we've Carmelo. Well, yeah, but that just falls under Jim Beheim, right? 
and Dwayne Shensis and his Hall of Fame mullet back in the day. Look it up, kids. And then who's the guy that uh, Devendorf? There was him and then Gary McNamara. Derek Coleman. Just let Syracuse players. Coleman was awesome. Didn't McNabb play basketball for like a year there? I don't think that's true. I don't know. I think there was a fo- there was one football player that I think that played, or maybe mixing with like Julius Peppers at UNC. Well, that was yeah, that wasn't Syracuse. Now I'm just imagining Donovan McNabb playing basketball, which sounds funny to me. But the phone lines there open. We're reacting uh, to to last night, and in particular, I think Kenny didn't do himself very many favors with his comments after the game at the podium uh, when being asked, I think, some pretty boilerplate, uh, run of the mill questions. Uh, about off-season things and postseason things after a, a bad season, historical bad season. I think it's completely predictable that you would be asked about making staff changes or about uh, being concerns over job status and that sort of thing. Like that's those should have been expected questions given different answers that they were. Um, I was thinking of Shensis at Florida playing against Syracuse because they lost to them in the tournament. Thank you, Texter, for reminding me of that. I uh, That's one of the earliest teams I can remember. It's the Florida's first team that ever made the tournament. It was that Shensis team. Sorry. I was just thinking about them. They lost to Syracuse in the tournament. That's why. And then I made Shensis a Syracuse player instead. I mean, I made Dobby McNabb a basketball player. Fab Mello. Fab Mello, yeah. Rest in peace. 8150-939. That's uh, the number if you want to get in here. Cody. Welcome into the drive, and I think that what's up, buddy. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, bud. Hey, uh, we made it, Mark. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Texture said, by the way, Spencer, low-key great with sports trivia and facts. Well done, buddy. Thank you. Go ahead, Cody. Oh, yeah, Spencer's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Uh, so, uh, just taking in the, 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 the whole year, just, you know, I, I think going into the season – uh, and I'm not making any excuses. I just think this was the mindset. It, it seemed like Kenny was thinking, okay, I think I've got a a group of solid guys. And, you know, he wanted to maybe organically build the culture. By, but he, I think he thought he was going to bring back more guys off of this team going into the year for his year two uh, than, than he's going to end up doing. Like, I think he wanted to bring a lot of guys back, maybe just add a couple of transfers and – kind of build it organically and obviously that's just that just didn't happen and then he's going to have to over overturn the whole roster what, what stinks is i've never seen a team that was so close yet so far away at the same time and it's like you know there were some some games this year where i'm like gosh if you just had like a, a rim protector you, you didn't give up this offensive rebound here you know you could have you could have won that game, and it was a different – like, there were so many games where it, it was like, gosh, like, we, we really could have had that if just a couple of little things, like, we're, we're done. And, and some of these guys just don't have that competitive edge. And, you know, that that's why whoever does come back, you know, bringing in a guy like Dennis Evans, I, I think that's just going to make the team a lot better, you know, going up against the, an actual rim protector. I, I, who, who was the last great rim protector we had? Was that, uh, what, Mango? Yeah, Maybe, yeah, like it's it's been a while because blocking. even even Stephen Enoch and Malik Williams were not good shot blockers at all. No, it's been no. a while. Uh, yeah, and, and I think a lot of these guys uh, just you know they were brought in under Chris Mack to play kind of a different defensive style. You know, these guys are just very 
very low to the ground, man. So uh, I don't know. Hopefully just that that influx of talent, that extra competition and practice that, that that's going to make, you know, year two not not look like this. So fingers crossed, man. I'm, I'm you know, but I, I love this team. I'm still still behind the coaching staff. It's like they're, they're not going to get fired. So uh, just, you know, let, let's see what happens year two, man. But uh, uh, it, this just can't happen again. So that, that's all I got. Appreciate it, Cody. Always good uh, to hear from you, buddy. Yeah, look, it, it, that was my first reaction was, whatever, the season's over now. It can't ever be like this again. It just can't. And I, I think everyone agrees and, and, and knows that. A number of you have texted in pictures of Donovan McNabb playing at Syracuse. So Spencer was right. Well done, Spencer. Let's go. I even responded to said texter uh, uh, that uh, Spencer was right. Not shocked, but giving you your props that you were you were right about. Yeah, I looked uh, up. He that. was a walk on, so he, nonetheless, he was on the team. We we had a texter who asked this question: Do you think you don't think that it was too soon to be asking that question of Kenny after the game? Here's what I'm talking about: If we could ask, uh, if we could play, excuse me, number five, where where Brooks asked uh, Kenny if he'll talk with with Josh Hurd, the athletic director, about his future, uh, and here's Kenny's uh, answer. I'm just wondering, you know, um, as you guys, uh, you know, uh, got to this point in the season, um, have you had uh, um, talks with uh, Josh Hurd about your future here? And, you know, if so, if so, um, how did those talks go? Anything that he was saying to you as you now, you know, look to build? Really don't understand. Have I talked to Josh about my future? Yes, just like, you know, like, have you all had conversations about, you know, that this is where, you know, you know, where he wants to see, I'm the program headed and just also, you know, you know, just things he wants to see here and moving forward. I don't think that's a good question, my friend. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Of course, I have not had one conversation with Josh Hurd about my future. I don't know if there's a reason to have a conversation with Josh Hurd about my future. I go to work every day. I love Josh. Josh says he loves me. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> I got a job to do. Well, that's not true. Josh can love you and you can love Josh. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, And around here, like we're used to these conversations about coaches and the athletic director, like at the end of the year meeting and talk, like we went through that, like it was like a formal thing with Scott Satterfield and stuff at the end of the year, a couple of years ago with Vince Tyree. We talked about that and Josh was in that meeting. Uh, And so a texter asked like, do you don't think it was too soon to be asking about that? And, And the reason I say absolutely not is this is where that question gets asked? And the Diener said, like, we, you know, we don't know when we'll get to hear from Kenny again, and that's probably true. So I don't mind Brooks asking it, but everyone gets asked about it at this time of year. Jim Beheim's been the coach at Syracuse forty-seven years, and he was asked about his future today after they lost, after a demoralizing season. Josh Pastor's about to go into a press conference where I bet your sweet ass is going to get asked about his future because they. They're not going to make the tournament again. It's been a bunch of years. Like, this is where coaches get asked about these I mean, things. if I'm Jay Bat, I fire him just for losing to Louisville this year. <laughs> not on the pro column, that's for sure. Uh, but, like, this is – every coach gets asked about it right here. The season's ended, and you don't know when you're going to get a chance really to hear them, uh, hear from them again. Uh, to say that it's a bad question, like, I just there's – no, there's no reason to be antagonistic. I mean, good enough to be antagonistic. You haven't earned anything. That's what I'm saying. Like, you haven't – And it's a completely normal question. He didn't even ask him, do you think you should be fired? Or do you think you should keep your job? Or do you think you'll be here? Or anything. It was just, have you talked with Josh about what he wants to see going forward? 
I mean, that was a man who I think obviously he knew the situation. He knew he had job security through his second year. So he just didn't really care. That's how I kind of took it a little bit was he can just go out there and say whatever he wants because he knows he's coming back. But, I mean, read the room, man. Like, there's a lot of tone deafness in a lot of these answers. that I don't blame any of the fans here. I'm included in myself here. Well, you know what it goes back to? It goes back to the discussion we've had a million times here about the feeling fans have. It is a no-no. It can't happen. You can't let fans feel like they care more than you do. You can't, it can't happen. It's fatal to a coach surviving in terms of the eyes of the fans and support and emotional connection and all those things that matter for fans. If fans think they care more than you, you are Scott Satterfield. And you know what? They just stayed home. Even when they got better, even when they won games, people stayed away because they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. And when when fans feel like they care more than you, they're not going to watch you try less than they feel like they care. They're just not. They're not going to do that. And so when like when you just dismiss questions about that sort of thing as uh, bad questions or whatever, like this is what people are thinking about, man. And I just refuse to believe that he doesn't know that. I mean, just last week there were people criticizing like, man, this media is so soft on Kenny. They're asking the tough oh, questions. Oh, that's the best part I know. And then it's like they ask tough questions like, well, why are you being too mean to Kenny? It's right. like you can't win. We but, can't win here. But this like every coach gets asked this. And he, uh, that's the thing. He's been around, man. He knows. No coach is going to answer, like, yeah, I'm quitting or I'm resigning. I hope or, I don't get fired. Like, no yeah, one does. Like, right. Or a player, they're like, yeah, I'm retired. Like, Tom Brady's, after they lost the Cowboys, he's like, I'm not, he's not going to say, I'm retired right now. It's a dance. All right. But you, again, you've been in this business long enough to know someone's going to ask you. And it was like as, as benign as it could possibly be. This wasn't like, like, I've watched Mike Waters, who covers Syracuse, go to war with Bayheim at the podium. In fact, one time it was at the podium at the Yum Center, and they're killing each other, calling each other SOBs and stuff. Like it was, te- if you know, what it felt like if you've ever been at like your friend's house and their parents start fighting while you're over there, and it's like, I don't want to move or have anyone notice that I'm here while they do this. It was like that. Like this was such a a, a tame version of that question. Basically, it's like, have you talked to the AD about your future and sort of what he wants to see going forward? It's not a bad question. You, look, you, there's a million ways to answer that one. It's just not a bad question. Joel, welcome into the drive on a Thunderbolt. What's up? Mark, just to clarify, but I haven't called you much during the basketball yep. year. But I just, um, going over last night, and honestly, to be uh, forthcoming here, I haven't watched a full Louisville basketball game probably since the beginning of January. Okay. I watched a little bit of yesterday, obviously kind of figured and knew basically was what was going to happen. But you have a guy here that, correct me if I'm wrong, he won four games, man. Four games in a 32-game season. And not only did you only win four games, most of those games, and I'm going to go with a high, maybe I'm way off, 85% of those games, you lost by double digits on top of that. So you routinely got your butt whooped. So to act like this guy, whoever asked the question, is just out of nowhere, is to me such a lack of self-awareness, I don't even know how to describe it. Of course, you're lucky that guy didn't say, hey, man, do you think you should be fired? You won four games, the worst season in Louisville basketball history. And the thing is with me, 
I think 32 games is a big sample size for me. What I saw, you you hit on it throughout the season when I did listen to you in regards to basketball. I didn't really see much of anything get better. So I know people talk about, well, you know, Kenny's got to get these recruits and he's got to get, you know, transfer portal kids and all this kind of stuff. Obviously, we, we know that part of it. The, the, the scary thing for me is I just don't think the guy is a great coach based on what I've seen. Offenses, they said they've run. Defensive sets they've run. Unless I refuse to believe you got the total most inept kids in college basketball history playing on one team. I just don't buy it. So the problem I see, and we've talked about it, I think the last time I called, I think – for any shot for Kenny Payne to get year three, the guy to me has to be within that, like, at least 17 to 18 win range next year. I know people say, some people say, oh, he's got to make the tournament. I'm not necessarily saying that, but he's got to be right there to where he's at least on the bubble and he did, we just got snaked by, you know, one loss or something like that. But he's got to be very close. And do I see this guy improving from four wins and four and most of the season being blowouts to getting to 17, 18, 19, and maybe 20 wins actually to get to the tournament? I don't see that. And if you have a guy who literally after a season like that doesn't step back and say, no, my staff's great. I got one of the greatest staffs in college basketball. And I got all this. I got all that and gets upset about a question like that, I just don't see it, man. I mean, I hope the guy proves me wrong, obviously. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care if you like Kenny Payne, you don't like Kenny Payne, whatever you think. I think the common theme for all of us is we want Louisville basketball to be back. Whatever that is, I don't care who's at the helm, whoever that is, I just want them to bring that program and team back. So... I don't see it. Like I said, I hope he proves me wrong. But the guy has so much work to do to improve from this year to next year. I think by this time next year, man, we're going to look up and we'll be in the season. We'll be sitting there at like 5 and 17, and everybody will be like, yep, I didn't see it happening. I hope I'm wrong, but I think next year we'll probably be looking for another coach. That's just my thought, and that's all I got. And I'll leave it at this, Mark. I know you saw this. I don't care if you're white, black, green, purple, whatever. You win four games. It's atrocious, and it's a bad year. I don't care what color skin you are. That's all I got. Appreciate yeah, appreciate uh, the call there, Joel. Joel's referencing a tweet where someone asked, would Kenny – if Kenny wasn't black, would he be getting fired after one year? And I said, no. Louisville would not be firing any coach after one year. They just wouldn't. But – he would be more likely to get fired, not less. That's what the numbers, sort of the the uh, the amount of patience being shown uh, to African American head coaches, especially first time ones, statistically consistently lower uh, than other coaches. So that would be hurt. That would hurt his uh, his opportunity to be kept, not help it, uh, as the kind of the question uh, implied there. We'll come back. We'll continue on with this. Some other clips where he sounds a completely different note with Jody after the game, and we'll talk about that as well. Here, take your calls, your texts about on the drive on I think the bell. Be right back. 